for me, if I could, if I could go back, I would just tell myself, myself at 16 to be like, trust this, trust the passion that sits like in your entire chest, trust that, bet on yourself always, and trust that you're going to find a way to make it work. Welcome to episode 256 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. It might be December, but the baseball news cycle hasn't slowed down a whole lot, and it all started actually the day our last episode dropped. Five Baseball Alberta products have been named to the Women's National Team Winter Meetings roster. Congratulations to Ava Griner, Cassie Matlock, Caitlin Ross, Madison Willen, and Tyra Stanich on getting the call, as did this week's podcast guest Zoe Hicks. A total of 42 athletes will take part in virtual meetings to help get the team ready for the 2024 season, which includes the Women's Baseball World Cup Finals in Thunder Bay. Selection camp for that team is set for early July. Congratulations as well to Sherwood Park's John Josh Bishop on being named the head coach of Team Alberta's contingent at the 2024 Baseball Canada Cup. That tournament is slated for August 7th through 11th in Fort McMurray. Baseball Alberta has also opened up the application process for assistant coaches. Some big names will be coming to Alberta in January for the National Coaches Clinic being put on by Blue Jays Academy. The clinic is being held at Weber Academy in Calgary January 19th to 21st and will feature former Medicine Hat Blue Jays star Pat Borders, Edmonton Trappers speedster Devon White, Long time MLB catcher and Baseball Canada coach Ernie Witt, women's national team legend and Vancouver Canadians coach Ashley Stevenson, and the latest winner of the Jack Graney Award and Sportsnet broadcaster Buck Martinez. Some buzz is starting to swirl around the class of 2025 with Prep Baseball Report unveiling its top 500 national rankings. One player with Alberta ties is getting a lot of attention, and that's Dogs Academy product Tim Pesenton, who comes in at number 238. The 6'3", 190-pound shortstop is a originally from Coquitlam and has turned a lot of heads enough recently to garner a commitment to the University of Miami. Speaking of commitments, Jack Baxter from Vauxhall Academy is heading to Indian Hills Community College. Elsewhere, Panola College is getting Okotoks Dogs Academy product Mitchell Heinrich and Sawyer Marshall and Dom Sconsberg from St. Joseph Academy in Red Deer will go to Garden City Community College. On to this week's guest and Zoe Hicks laughs when you ask her about where she's from. Among her answers, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Red Deer, Austria, Calgary, and back to Manitoba before going to U.S. college, and she's now spent the last couple of winters back in Calgary. This last summer was a whirlwind, though, as she played first base for Canada at the Women's Softball World Cup, then third base at the Women's Baseball World Cup, culminating with being named the Women's National Team MVP. She's had a fascinating journey in the game, not to mention a childhood full of dancing and recently working for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Recently, we sat down for a candid and amazingly energetic conversation with the Absolute Baseball Academy coach. Zoe, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Yes, thank you for having me. First off, let's start here. Baseball Canada's Women's National Team Player of the Year, Zoe Hicks. How does that sound? Uh, yeah, for me, it's just it's exciting. It's uh, always exciting to get an award like that, to be able to perform on the field for my team. Um I just started playing baseball in the summer of 2018, so um, kind of newer to the sport, but I, I'm glad I can make an impact and I can kind of be be the person that people look to when when big moments come on the field. When you were first told that you were going to be receiving this award, what went through your mind? Yeah, I think I just couldn't wipe a massive grin off of my face. Um, it was It's just one of those things, it's like you don't really believe it when you hear it the first time, so you have to hear it a second or third or work on the travel arrangements or stuff like that. Like, 
just, it was, it was just surprising. Um, I was excited. I was honored. Um, I was, you know, happy to be able to represent, um, for my team to be able to, to be the, be the MVP is always a huge honor. Um, and so, yeah, just, it just boils down to me being able to perform for my team. So I was just happy to get the recognition to be able to, you know, share that award, but yeah, it was just a lot of happiness. Obviously, it's one thing to do it with one team, and you speak of one team, but you did it with two. We're talking the women's national team for baseball and also the national softball team as well. So from the outside, it looks like it's this giant whirlwind of activity for you. As this person living it, what's it like? Um, yeah, for me, I just try and go day by day, honestly, event by event. Um, I'm trying not to get too wrapped up in it. It's a lot of scheduling. Um, it's a lot of it's a lot of making sure that there's time for everything. Um, but yeah, for me, I'm just trying to go event by event, day by day, game by game, even, you know, inning by inning um, to try and soak in as much as I possibly can. Um, I was really fortunate this year to be able to play both softball and baseball and the events lined up basically perfectly. I flew from one event to the next with the other sport. So yeah, for me, I'm just trying not to get wrapped up in it too much, but to be able to have, you know, my feet in the ground, um, be where my feet are and really enjoy the moment with both teams. How crazy is that passport look like when it comes to all the stamps that you've received just over the last year, let alone your entire career to this point? No, actually wild. Like that is one of my favorite things is to open up. I think I have two passport pages right now that are fully stamped. Wow. There's like eight or nine stamps on the pages. So that's like a big thing for me. I'm like, oh, cool. Like I have to go to a different page. <laughs> like this is, I am filling this guy up. When you look back on it, a lot of different uh, memories, a lot of different events that you got to take part in. Do you have favorite moments? Like it's been a whirlwind, but were you able to kind of take that step back and and enjoy certain aspects of it? Um, I think the first, my first game suiting up for the Softball Canada national team, um, it had been something that I was I was aiming for since I was 12 years old. So the first, I remember the first time we put the jersey on, um, the anthem starts to play, and I tear up, of course. Um, I'm a very emotional person, super passionate about softball and baseball. So for me, it was just one of those things, like, I used to be the 12-year-old girl sitting in the sand dreaming of, you know, having my feet in the dirt on the field. So the first time we're, you know, arms wrapped around each other singing the national anthem, um, it was, it's really an indescribable moment for me. Uh, it just it brought so many emotions back of all the hard work that I have put in and, and to just sit there and think of like, I made it like, this is what I wanted. And, and I've achieved this huge thing. Um, so yeah, that one really took me by surprise. Uh, I was trying to get in game mode, but I was definitely more in a little bit of my feels at that moment. Obviously the feels probably were being felt too, when it comes to just even receiving that Jersey for the first time, what's it mean to you to be able to, to have the maple leaf on the hat or Canada across the chest? It's a huge honor to be able to be one of 20 athletes that get to represent Canada on the field. Um, it's it's just massive. It's something that I've always strived for. I've always strived to be the best at everything that I do, regardless of what it is, whether it's, you know, folding laundry at home or playing softball on the field. So for me, it's a lot of, of confirmation that the hard work that I did put in was you know, in the right direction. I was on the right path to be able to get there. Um, but yeah, it's just a huge honor to be able to look down and see Canada across my chest. It's just, it's a huge joy and a huge honor to be able to represent, you know, the best, the best country in the world. How challenging is it to do that switching between, you mentioned how you can go from one event to the other, or one, one big baseball event to the next softball event. And you and I were talking about this before is, 
I'd imagine that there's a little bit of a different mindset, especially at the plate when you have something coming at you from underneath versus overhand, as an example. Do you notice that difference? Do you have to change your mindset depending on it or is it pretty straightforward? Um, I absolutely have to change my mindset for sure. I would say the mindset is the most different thing. Um, the hard skills of, you know, hitting a ball, throwing a ball, like swinging a bat, playing defense, those types of things are all very similar, but the mindset is definitely different on the softball field. you got to worry about a rise ball. So you got to focus on staying on top of the ball, right? Mm -hmm. In baseball, it's coming down on a downward trajectory. So you kind of have to worry about getting more underneath. And you also just have more room to play because the field is bigger, right? So with softball, high intensity, baseball is a little bit slower, a little bit lower intensity. So it's just like little things. Um, I used to answer this question so completely differently. I used to say, no, they're the same. Baseball, softball is the same. Everything is the same. Swing is the same, blah, blah, blah. And really, as I've gone through the baseball, softball, switching back and forth, there's a little bit more nuance to my answer of, mm. you know, like, my approach is different. The mindset is different. The way that I am on the field is different. There are so many different things, but at the end of the day, a good ball player is a good ball player. A good swing is a good swing and they translate really well, but there is that slight little, okay, I have to put myself in the mindset of underneath the ball. I'm now working this way with my swing rather than staying on top, stay through, worrying about a rise ball, a change up, in, out, coming from the hip rather than fastball, curveballs coming from up top. On the defensive side, this is a might be a dumb question, but does the ball come off the bat differently in softball versus overhand fastball? Um, I don't know if it's specific. Like the balls, I think the balls are just different. Okay. Like with softball, the ball is bigger, so mm -hmm. like miss hits, I would say happen more often. With baseball, the ball's smaller, so like when they square it up, when, versus when they miss a little bit, it's still kind of a very similar. It's a very similar, I would say, like velocity that comes with the ball. Right. So for me, like going from third base to first base, like the ball is very similar off the bat, but you can kind of tell the different sounds mm -hmm. of like, okay, this is popping off in this way versus baseball, like kind of melt together a little bit more. Right. No, it makes sense. It's yeah. just one of those things that come to mind. I, I know having played with guys who <laughs> and and gals who've played baseball and then say slow pitch the, the the timing is obviously different right and so they'll yeah. be way ahead of the pitch for for slow pitch versus fastball which is obvious I mean but um, I was always curious about the softball versus baseball side so I'm glad to have that little bit of context there it's just a question of curiosity more than anything else um moving back a little bit here looking at your your journey not just in ball but in life has been quite fascinating and one of the reasons why we have you on a lot of people are like well Zoe's from Manitoba she's listed as being from the small town in Manitoba but there's a lot of Alberta in you T talk us through your journey just to get onto the field first off um, even before you were on a field yeah absolutely um I people ask me like oh where are you from and in my head it's like ah your guess is as good as mine like that's such a good question so I was born in Manitoba. I then moved to Saskatchewan for, I think, like six months before I was two years old. And then at two, we moved to Red Deer, Alberta for basically my whole upbringing. I played Red Deer Rage. I lived there for 11 years up until my eighth grade year, um, which is when my dad got a job coaching hockey and teaching English in Austria. So at that point, I went with him, me and my brother did. And so we went overseas. Um, spent the year in Austria taking, you know, German classes. And we were at this international school. 
Um, so yeah, eighth grade was spent in Europe. I came back. My mom had moved to Calgary while we were away at Europe. So that that's when I moved to Calgary. So I was in Calgary for grades nine through 11. Um, for grade 12, I moved to small town, Boys of Ain, Manitoba. Um, just for like convenience of being recruited to play softball. So my dad is a vice principal. He had the weekends off. We could go down to North Dakota State for a camp. We could go down to my JUCO, which I ended up going to school there, uh, go there for a camp on a weekend. So just like for convenience to get recruited, to kind of work more on the softball in college side, moved to Manitoba, graduated from tiny little town. And then that was kind of my home base every summer when I came home from college. Um, so yeah, I, I would, I have lived in Manitoba the most recent right. now I've spent the last two winters in Calgary. So I, I don't really know how to answer that question. <laughs> like I'm from the middle of the country. I'm from the prairies. I'm a prairie girl. I don't, I don't, whoever wants to claim me for sure. I will claim you also, but I'm just from the middle. And that's fantastic. And, and I love that, that background too, because it has to be something interesting when you're constantly not just packing your bags, but also trying to be good at sports as well. And so what was it about sports? One that got your attention and, and two, were you a multi-sport athlete growing up? What else did you do aside from softball or baseball? Uh, for sure. Yeah. I played a bunch of sports growing up. Um, if you can believe it, I did dance for about 10 years of my life. Uh, from four to 14, I was all in on the dance thing. I would do like hours and hours on weeknights. Um, when I was over in Austria, actually, I took ballet wow. from a Russian ballet teacher. So that was a lot. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you can assume. So yeah, I had six hours a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday nights um, of Austrian ballet. So um, once I got back from Europe, I kind of moved more into the sports. I was super competitive as a kid. Um, I had I grew up with an older brother, so always putting me in my place with sports. So I always wanted to get better and, and be able to compete. Uh, so, yeah, I would say in high school, I played volleyball, basketball. I did um, track for, I would say, the bulk of my high school. I did javelin. Wow. I really liked, obviously, it translated from softball yeah. to throwing stuff. Um, so yeah, I just, I got involved in as many things as I could. Uh, I never really played hockey, which I get asked uh, so much <laughs> being Canadian is like, Oh, you must, I know how to skate, mm -hmm. but I never actually played hockey for a long period of time. Um, but yeah, just kind of the high school sports, stay involved, stay in shape during the off season of softball. But I would say since I was 14, 15, I knew softball was my thing. Like I would spend hours and hours and hours watching games and on my extra work and hitting extra. So that kind of kind of stole my stole my attention for the bulk of bulk of my my high school what was it about ball that made you go this is the thing I love aside from the dance side which I was going to ask about a little bit later on but uh in doing my own research but what was it about ball that drew you to it um I I can't put my finger on it of like oh it was this mm -hmm. it was that um for me it's just the feeling that I get when I'm on the field like when I step my feet on the field, game time, ready to go. Like, I just can't, I just can't explain it. Like, I can't get the smile off of my face. I have never felt that way ever before in anything. Like, I literally feel the most authentically myself when I'm on a softball or baseball field. Just like being out there, being able to compete. Um, I love softball, baseball because it's offensive and defensive, right? You can't just specialize in one. You got to play both. You got to play also until the last out is recorded, right? Like, in football, you can do the knee thing, like mm -hmm. you can waste time, you can blah, blah, blah. But softball, you got to play it. 
you got to play it out right up until the, you always have to give them the opportunity to come back or to win it or whatever. And I liked that. I liked that you can't shy away from those moments in softball. So as I grew up, it was just like I was sacrificing whatever I needed to be able to keep playing. I was moving away from my family to play in college. Um, you know, I quit my dream job to be able to play on the national team. So I don't know what it is about the sport, but it just feels like it's such a huge part of me. And I am my most authentic self, like standing on a field. Were you that way when you were dancing? Oh, um, I loved, <laughs> I loved my time in dance. I, I'm like a super like outgoing, loud, positive person. And I always have a huge smile on my face. And so when I was a dancer, that's basically, you had to do that. So as soon as you stepped on stage, it was both rows of teeth, <laughs> smiling for the back row. Like everyone is looking at you, bright lights, all that stuff. And I love that. I loved the you go once a week you build your routine and then you get to show it off to your parents your friends whatever i loved that um and i think the structure of that is kind of what helped me get through a lot of my sporting stuff of like okay you got to show up regardless of how you feel you got to show up and you know the discipline the movement the balance of you know uh, a young girl learning about how your body moves and growing and all that type of stuff mm -hmm. definitely helped me in softball of you know i have some rhythm i've worked through choreography like that helps me for sure um, but yeah, I just, I just loved, I loved the, the performing of dance. Mm -hmm. It's funny. You mentioned the timing piece. Cause I, I think about, um, some of the viral videos that you see on social media as an example where, uh, the shortstop and, and the third baseman beside each other are, are in rhythm to bounce towards the, the pitch, right? Those kinds of things. And so those kinds of little skills, like even footwork, that kind of thing probably parlays really well into your ball game. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's, it all is all connected of, you know, the better you can know your body and how to move and how to isolate different movements. I think the better softball baseball will go for you, uh, both offensively and defensively. I think knowing my swing and learning how my body works and how my body wants to work really elevated my game. So yeah, I mean that stuff, I think about it. I think about it with such fond memories because, you know, I was little and I was in my little tutus, but it definitely did help me moving forward. It sounds to me like that's also helped you in another aspect of the game. You play the game, but you also coach. You're at ABA as well when you're when you're on your off time, quote unquote. Talk about the coaching side and how much you're enjoying that aspect of things. Oh, I love I love coaching. I love getting into the tiny details of a swing or, you know, defensive positioning or whatever. Like I'm very much a detailed person when it comes to that. And that's, I think, how I found my success in softball was how can I use this video of my swing to get better? How can I use this video of someone else's swing to make my swing better? So now that I can see it as a coach from the outside of like, hey, this is what it looks like. What does it feel like? How can we find a cue to make you better? And I think that's just kind of where my, I would say, expertise lies of like the little details mm -hmm. of like, how can we maximize this whip or how can we maximize your launch position? And it's, it's just fun to hang out with 16, 17, 18 year olds that love the sport like you do and are able to really get into those details also. Mm -hmm. Are there coaches that you've had in the past that you kind of mold yourself after or people that have really been influential in helping you, whether it be a, a solid ball player, but also a solid coach too? For sure. Um, I definitely have to shout out my Juco coach, uh, Ben Greer. He was one of those guys that. You could come to him with the craziest goal, the craziest idea, and he would just be like, okay, like, what's your plan? You got to get to work. Like, I remember my first day at my JUCO, I said, I want to play in the Women's College World Series, which 
I am an 18 year old freshman from Canada. And he's just like, <laughs> he could have said, that's never going to happen. Or, you know, that's a crazy that you're talking crazy town. Right. But he looked at me and he said, okay, cool. What's your plan? Like, how are we going to get there? Mm -hmm. Like, that's going to take a lot of work, but we have to both be on the same page of like, we're going to go get this done. Um, and so that's, I, I, I try as a coach to be like that of mm -hmm. like, okay, you want to get this goal done? Like, let's, let's make a plan and go do it rather than saying, well, that's, that's a big one. Maybe we should make our goals a little smaller. Um, I always try and believe in my athletes as much as I possibly can of like, if you want it, you can go get it. Like, I think coming from where I came from and now being where I am, it was just me fixating on a goal for a long period of time and wanting that more than anything else. So if an athlete comes to me and says, Hey, I want to play college baseball. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, what's our plan? How are we going to go do that? Like, I believe in them full go. Um, just because I had so many coaches that believed in me, even when I was insane, even when I was saying crazy stuff, pulling it out of, I don't know where. And, and yeah, I think that's just, he believed in me so much that as a coach, I just want to instill that in other players of, you know, if I have no one, at the end of the day, I got Zoe. Zoe mm -hmm. believes in me and we're going to go get our goal done. Is that the mindset that you took into applying for and eventually being uh, accepted for a job with the Dodgers? Um, yeah, I think like the thing with me, I, if I want something, I'll like even attempt it, right? The worst someone can say is no. So with the Dodgers job, I had applied for an MLB program called Take the Field, which mm -hmm. is aimed to get more women involved in baseball. And so during 20, it's usually um, an in-person conference, but during 2020, during COVID, they had it all online. So I said, perfect. I'm still in college. I can't go to the in-person one anyways. So I'm going to hop onto the Zoom, take some notes, put my info in and hope for the best. Didn't hear anything for a full year. And then I get an email saying, hey, do you want to apply for this Dodgers job? And so in my head, I was like, that is because I put myself out there. I sought out opportunities to learn, to grow, and it's potentially going to be a job for me in the future. So I applied for that, uh, went through a pretty extensive interview process to be able to get there. But I just, it's one of those things. It's just, if you never ask, or if you never put yourself out there, you never send that email nothing is going to happen for you. Mm -hmm. So I'm a huge, I'm a huge believer in the cold email. That's how I got recruited to play softball. That's how I transferred to Louisiana tech. I would just send an email to, Hey, I'm interested in your school because of this. I, this is my name. This is my story. And so for me, there's no opportunity that is out of your reach. You just have to maybe try it, test it out, like dip your toe in the water. And then if it's a no, then how can we make it a yes later? So I think like for me, it's just like, put yourself out there and go, and go see what happens. It's so funny how our lives have kind of gone in parallel because I'd never actually really technically applied for a lot of my radio jobs. Um, back in the day, it was very much a, hey, by the way, in case you're looking for someone who might, you know, down the road, or how I usually framed it was, hey, I'm this up and coming broadcaster. What do I need to do to get to the point where I can get into your market? And before too right. long, you find the right people who want to help you out. So looking at the yeah. Dodgers gig, for example, talk us through your experience there. How was it and and what did you take away from it? Yeah, I loved I loved it there. Um, I started as a baseball technology associate. So my role and responsibilities included a lot of the data analytics platforms. So all the collection um, with our hitters and our pitchers, like everything is recorded, everything is data is taken from it. So all those numbers and data get sent to me. And then I would basically like read them into baseball English and then tell them to our coaches of like, hey, this is what's happening. This is his 
percentages on these certain things here you now use your expertise as a former big leaguer or you know like a big time coach you now fix that or mm-hmm. help them or whatever um and so that's how i started was in more of the analytics stuff um a lot of the technical aspects i also did the organization's game report so during the season we have you know affiliates going all over the place we have two in the in the dr and then we have our arizona league and then we have four affiliates outside of arizona and then our big league club so right. my job was to compile the game report for our minor league so all the coaches would send me notes i would compile this report get the data put it all together and send it back out so everyone knew what was going on in the org so i would say the first year was very much me getting into the system understanding how things work doing my responsibilities on the tech side my second year going back was a lot more of like okay cool i have my responsibilities handled how do i then push myself to coach more or understand more so i did a lot with the hitters and worked a little bit in with the infielders. Um, most of my stuff with the infielders was just catching in at first base. Uh, but even then, like learning so much about the game um, during both the fall le- or fall um, instructs and our uh, spring training, I was first base coaching. So a lot of that was just like me asking, like, "Hey, can I go do this?" And them saying, "Yeah, sure. Like uniform up. You got it tomorrow, or you got it today, or like let's do it. If you have any Very questions, cool. let me know." So I learned so much by just like involving myself, like basically being thrown in the fire. And yeah, I think like I, I picked up so much just from the organization as a whole, because every conversation was, okay, this is how we do it. How do we do it better? Mm-hmm. It was never like on your heels thinking, oh, we've always done it this way. So it's always going to work this way. It was every single conversation was about, okay, cool. We're doing this now. This is as efficient as we can do it right now. Let's regroup in a week, see if we can do it better. So I learned to do that in basically my everyday life of like, is this the most efficient way to get this done? Am I doing this in the best way that I can? If not, how do I fix that? And I think that's kind of what the Dodgers is as a whole is it's like always looking at the next thing, always wanting to push it, always wanting to get more out of their athletes. Sometimes they get, they sign guys or get guys that come from different teams that are undervalued. And they pull something out of them just because they are throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall, seeing what sticks. Mm-hmm. And the guy then performs as more than expected. So I think those things are kind of what I took from my time there. I know a lot of focus, especially Blue Jays fans were kind of aggravated <laughs> about how the playoffs ended this year. But when you think about all the analytics and all the stats and the, there's it's exploded. When you think about your experience with the Dodgers and you think about what all you were um, exposed to, is there a stat or a piece of te- uh, information that might be under the radar to the average fan that is super duper important when it comes to whether it's the development of a hitter or a pitcher or whatever the case may be? Yeah, I think like the basic ones that you look at of like average and slugging percentage and home runs, all that stuff, those are very obvious, like very in your face. But I think what we look at more is how does this guy impact his team? How is he performing when there's runners on? How is he changing a baseball game based on what he's doing? So there's a stat which is runs above replacement. So above the guy that could play instead of him, How much better is our guy? How much better is this specific player? Um, So I think that one was was big of like, does he impact everyone around him? Or is it just he shows up, does his work? Because there are different intricacies within the game. Um, 
but yeah, I worked mostly with the hitters, so I can't really say on the pitching side. Right. Um, but yeah, with hitters and stuff, we also always look at like walk rate, strike rate, or strikeout rate, um, just based on level. Because as they move up, that should stay pretty consistent percentage-wise because mm-hmm. they're playing against their peers. So if we have someone like in the Dominican that is striking out 10% of the time, walking 25% of the time, like that's that's darn good. So mm-hmm. like he'll if he continues that up, he's gonna find success. So I think for us it's like the it's the links to how does he create team wins rather than how good is this one specific player. Going back to your career to this point, when you think back on all of your successes and all the craziness that you've had, is there anything particularly that you're most proud of or something that you've really been uh, impressed by what you've been able to do? Uh, For sure. I think my proudest moment was my first scholarship check when I was playing at a Division I university. So my goal when I went JUCO uh, was to play Division I softball. I had offers to go to a D2, a D3, and a JUCO out of high school. And in my head, there was only one clear path was go JUCO, then go to, then work your butt off, but transfer to a division one. That was my plan. And so the first time I had met with my coach, I had got my scholarship check for that month. Um, and I just sat there and I just was like, this, this is this, this little piece of paper <laughs> represents so much more of, you know, I'm being, I'm now being like, they're paying my schooling to be able to play softball here. Like I just, the weight of that sitting on me was just like so much larger than I had imagined. Like it was so much more than like the monetary value of the check. It was just like, this is something that I set out for two years ago, two and a half years ago. And I have found a way to make that happen. So I have a tattoo on my arm of my uh, college number when I was at tech. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's huge, it's huge importance to me. Just not even, not just because of the number that I wore on my back, but of what it represents that like I set out of my goal to play division one softball in 2016. I achieved that goal in the fall of 2018. So to be able to say, okay, I was committed to this for a very long time and to get that done. That was a super proud moment for me. Very cool. On the flip side of that baseball, softball are also known as games of failure. There's a lot of it. What's the biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome over the course of your career? Uh, this is a tough one. So I, The junior, my junior year, um, April of my junior year, I ended up breaking two bones in my leg, um, on like on the field. Like Mm -hmm. I was playing in a game, I slid into third base, busted my leg up, uh, went to the hospital, got surgery, all that type of stuff. But I was out for the rest of the season. So that was also the same year that we won conference. We won the conference title. So for me to be sitting on the sidelines watching from mid April to June when we're playing in a regional at Louisiana state university, like big LSU, like tiger stadium, like Mm -hmm. wild. And I'm sitting there with a boot on my leg. And I struggled with that for a very long time of, I just really couldn't, I couldn't handle the, my journey up to that point was work my butt off at Juco, get to a division one. And so when that happened to me, I was just so confused as to why that was happening to me. I was like, I did all the things I worked hard. I got here. Like, why does this have to happen to me now? Like I want to be on the field when we win it. And I was obviously in the dugout with my little, my little cast on and my crutches, like when we won, when we won the tournament. And so I got to celebrate with everyone. I got a ring. Like I was part of that team. And I know like in my core, I know I made that team better throughout the year to be able to get to that spot. Mm -hmm. But I struggled, I would say for like a good half a year, like just not understanding, like, why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to me? Instead of looking at, looking at it as like, how can I be better? So I think there was a moment when I went back for my senior year and I was all healed up 
Um, I was 100%. I was good to practice and play and everything. There was a moment where I was like, okay, cool. I'm either going to leave this in the past, learn from it, understand what it feels like to be on the sidelines and never let that happen again. Take care of my body, like always be prepared, always be the starter, always work hard. And I can use it in that way, or I can just wallow in it and be sad that I missed out on all these things. Mm -hmm. So I think there was a turning point where I said, okay, cool, I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this to become a better player, to become a better teammate, to become a better just person for people to be around. Um, and my teammates have like told me to this day, there was a moment where we were like, oh, cool, like Zoe is back, mm -hmm. rather than wallowing in her own little like pity party. She's decided to come back to us and now we're going to move forward together. So I would say that's like my biggest obstacle. Um, it doesn't bother me to this day. Like my ankle is totally fine. But yeah, it was one of those moments where it was just like, why me? What is happening? But it, I've definitely learned a lot from the experience. Well, I suppose too, whether it's the lowest of lows or highest of highs, you learn from it and and move past it. And so I'm curious now moving forward, you're coming off a pretty good high. I mean, you came off one heck of a year in 2023. So what do you take from that to move forward and become even better for 2024 and beyond? Um, yeah, honestly, I'm not trying to take anything. I'm trying to give back as much as I possibly can. Like, I know it, it's easy and, and everyone kind of wants to go the way of like, okay, how do I use this and keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. And for me, I definitely want to take a second pause and look backwards, mm -hmm. look at the people who poured into me, look at the organizations that I played for and how I can give back to them, um, to work with more, more young softball, baseball players that want to get more involved, that have that passion, but just don't know where to put it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the focus for me right now is to just maybe like appreciate the moment a little bit. Um, I'm still getting my work done. I'm still at the gym and I'm still in the, in the facility and everything, but how can I use what I have been, what I've been like privileged enough to experience and help the people that are coming next, the next generation, right? The next 10 years, next 20 years, next 30 years that are going to play after me to be able to keep pushing me forward. Which segues really well into my next question, which is, and it's one of the final two that we have, and it's kind of a standard one that I ask a lot of athletes, is you get to go back, and in your case, you get to go and coach these kids anyways, but you're going back to your hometowns, you're going back to you know, your, your, where you're coaching, that kind of thing, and you've got one piece of advice or one word of wisdom to give to those, those athletes who wanna be the next Zoe Hicks. What is that piece of advice? Um, my advice would be to bet on yourself, bet on yourself. Always. I had so many people tell me like, Oh, you're done playing softball. You have to get a real job. Or, you know, like, why would you move thousands of miles away from your family? Like just go to school here and then get a job. And so for me, the moments where I didn't bet on myself were when I found the lowest of lows, right? I had stepped away from softball and I, you know, had to do all this work to come back. So for me, if I could, if I could go back, I would just tell myself, myself at 16 to be like, trust this, trust the passion that sits like in your entire chest, trust that bet on yourself always, and trust that you're going to find a way to make it work. Um, I think like that was the biggest thing for me. And I want everyone to kind of know that of like, whatever passion it is, whether it's baseball, softball, you know, drawing, painting, singing, whatever, trust you trust your gut, trust your passion. There is nobody like you. So you can't get advice from other people on what to do. You have to just trust who you are, trust what you want and bet on yourself in every situation. Sounds like you've done that in spades, Zoe. Final question for you. It's the one we ask everyone, although there's a bit of a spin to it. Usually I ask, what does the game of baseball mean to you? But I'm going to add a twofold here. What did games of softball and baseball mean to you? 
Ah, oh, that's such a that's such a big one. You know what I mean? Like that's, <laughs> that's like why every, I asked every that one. I like that question. Like honestly, like the game of softball and baseball honestly means everything to me. I've been able to travel. I've been able to represent my country. I've been able to get an education. I've been able to give back to my communities. Um, I've been able to make my family proud and to show up for the people that are important to me. To be a good teammate, like softball has taught me everything. Everything about about life, about like it's everything. I can't even talk. I can't talk enough about how much I love the sport of softball and baseball and how much I owe it because of how much it's given me. Like, it's just, it's, it's everything. And again, like looping back to betting on myself, like I've, I've been told so many times of like, Oh, you need a hobby. You need a hobby outside of baseball and softball. Like it can't be that important to you. It can't be that big, but it is. And it has been for so long and it has given me so much. So I owe it to softball to keep pushing my passion and keep betting on myself and keep pouring back into the game. So like, I, I hate to answer your question like this, but every, like, it's everything it's, it's, I, there's no Zoe Hicks without softball baseball. It's just, it is like intertwined with who I am and what I do and what I care about and what I'm passionate about. Um, I just love it with every fiber of my being. Well, and that passion certainly has rang through over the course of this conversation and really love the energy that you bring to it. And I could go on for days with you, Zoe, but uh, I am cognizant of the time as well. So again, congratulations on the Baseball Canada Award. Congratulations on all the success you've had at this point, continued success in 2024 and beyond. And again, thank you so much for joining us and telling us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks again to Zoe Hicks for joining us this week. And thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. We have one more episode planned for this season before we take a break for the holidays. And the plan is to reconvene in mid-January. So make sure you head to your favorite podcast app, subscribe, and of course, leave us a rating and review. A big tip of the cap to our Platinum supporters for all they do for us and for baseball in Alberta. The Okotoks Dogs and AHP Academy have been extraordinary partners with their generosity and also their support in helping us tell and share the game story in our province. For more on our teammates, head to albertadugoutstories.com slash supporters. Until next time, thank you for all of your support online, on social, and on air of Alberta Dugout Stories.